Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Marketatomy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome back to Charged Up Studio, where we bring you insightful conversations with industry leaders and experts. I'm Dana Olivo, your host, and we are kicking off a new month and a new focus called Unleashing Creative Entrepreneurship, Transforming Visions into Reality. This month's content is guaranteed to get those creative juices flowing. We begin this week by taking the concept of connection and communication to a whole new level. Our guest today is Susan Younger with Codebreaker Technologies and their bank, B-A-N-K, personality-based system. Imagine being able to pinpoint your client or prospect's personality type in less than 90 seconds. You would know whether you're dealing with an emotional or feely prospect or one that just just wants the facts. Would that help you customize your sales approach to meet the prospect or client's needs? Yes. Well, Susan is here with me today to discuss the science behind communicating your vision in a way that resonates with your audience. So welcome, Susan. Dana, it's so great to be with you. I always love having conversations with you about how we can help businesses really engage with the customer they want, and sometimes even with the customer they don't know they want because they've never been able to communicate with them in an easy process before. Well, and we all know, you know, uh, well, you and I know, as well as a lot of our audience, that when you're a small business, okay, it's difficult to um, to to face potential prospects or clients without having that confidence that a normal salesperson would have. And when we're small business owners, we know that we have to get out there and sell, but it's difficult because we're afraid of the word no. Yeah, and, and we take it to heart. 
instead of looking at it as it's a moment in time, yeah. it's a clue to what isn't working with that person or that prospect's values at this time. And sometimes it's as simple as changing it so that instead of speaking from the values you think are important, you address it from the values that they use in their decision-making process. And that's a key point there that we're gonna cover as we move forward. But before yeah. we get started, I have a very important question to ask you. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So if you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice, what would you what advice would you give her and at what age? Uh, I would say because I've been talking to a lot of young uh, either college graduates or those who are about to graduate that have fears about what what is happening or might happen. And really it is to trust the process and and trust the fact that sometimes you you get the job or the experience that you can find that you can happily engage with instead of worrying about getting that perfect job. You learn on some of those jobs that are not perfectly aligned with where you thought you were going to go. Skills that you need later in business that you never knew you know it's learning the it's the the stuff you don't know that you start to learn through a process because you were willing to jump in right. and take the risk of doing something just to be doing something instead of waiting and pining for that ideal position you know and and that's true you know today a lot of our young people are growing up with with De skills development, the, the hard skills development and not the soft skills development. Yeah. And if they could just learn two things, how to communicate and how to work within teams. If they could Absolutely. just learn those two things, they would go a long way in life. So, so true. I, I, I will speak for when I first got into working with various teams, it was my willingness to step into things that were not my given task, but if the team needed it, I would step in and fill that that need in that moment. Right. It allowed me to learn things that were outside my normal boundaries, and right. it also tested me on things that allowed me to find out, did I want to do that segment of business? Did I need to leave yeah. that for somebody else because it wasn't my drive even if it was something I was passionate about did I have the skill set that allowed me to develop something I didn't think I could and discovered that was easier than I thought yeah or or you discovered oh I just don't like this I'm not going to do this anymore you know and that's where back in the day when they used to have cross training and stuff yeah. like that that's how you figured out what do you like I mean, I started out as a as a, um, a journalist many years ago out of high school, and that wow. journalist journalism led to creative um, to to graphic design. Right. Okay, and that graphic design led to marketing, et cetera. And then I realized I needed to get finish my degree, and I went back, and that led to entrepreneurship. You know, so. It's, mm -hmm. it's a learning process as you grow up. And I was somebody who always knew I wanted to do architecture. And yet I looked at it different than most of the people I knew that were interested in the shell because I was interested in the internal 
creating the space that the people actually lived in. That was always where I knew I wanted to be. It was decades later that I started to understand how me servicing that from the direction of my heart was completely different than those guys that were creating the space because for them, it was the technical doing that was important. It yeah. wasn't so much that the outcome served a customer. It was that the outcome served their idea of what was ideal. And so I learned a lot of that just through experience of working with others who were not like me. Yeah. And frequently being the only woman in the room sometimes also put me in a position where I would hear conversations that I wouldn't have had with my girlfriends, but I was in a sense, one of the guys in that yeah. moment. And you start to, to engage with them and understand that their thought process may be different than yours, but sometimes yeah. their drive was more based and aligned with you than you would have ever thought was possible. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. they were afraid to show for fear of being seen as weak. And you started yeah. to understand that you could help them to engage in a way that they could be seen and heard without that fear. Well, uh, and, and that's exactly it. I spent 30 years in the architectural engineering construction. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was in that, that, that male dominated, dominated environment and had to learn to communicate in their natural you know, way of communicating, right. but what, what I consistently tried to help them understand is the fact that, you know, people buy through emotion. Absolutely. They buy through emotion. And yes, you've got this technical skill as far as design and things like that, but we're going in, in the architectural side, we're going in and we're designing based on what the client wants, but we're not taking into consideration who our real client is, who is the contractor. Yeah. Okay. So we're designing something. It's like going back to the printing industry and, and you're trying to print this beautiful brochure and you've got all these spot colors and everything. What people didn't realize is you can make just about any color out of the four basic colors, CMYK. Yeah. And the more spot colors you put in, the more expensive it got. And this is what you have to understand. You have to understand the basics that go in behind it. And bringing together the people who have those skills. What I loved about my early career was I was a first with a small architectural firm. So you sat with the three principals all day long. And as yeah. they talked about what was good in business, what was bad in business, what technically needed to be figured out that they hadn't quite figured out on their own. Collectively, those discussions gave me a lot of insight into team building. And then as I moved into a larger design firm and eventually at the level of director of store planning to get paired up with a construction manager who was very old school and, you know, talked with his hands and told everybody, you got to go through me to ask Susan questions because we have to follow a process in yeah. order to technically make sure that all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. And yeah. these guys started to understand they could ask me a question as long as they let Tony know they were asking me a question. It wasn't that Tony didn't want me to be part of the discussion. He just needed to know he wasn't being left out of the discussion because it was his responsibility 
as much as mine to make sure that those those all those components came together and it it really became a fun way to understand that as much as I was serving the the department store who we worked for the team that we put together half of them were outside resources that had nothing to do with the department store I had to make their business work for them yeah as much as our business work for us and I think that really helped when I became an entrepreneur to understand that I was never going to have all the answers. I was going to have to count on others to help me figure out what I was missing and yeah. know when to ask somebody else to step in and take, yeah. take on an aspect or at least give me advice and counsel that I could yeah. not have on my own. Yeah, no, exactly. So let's move on to our subject at hand here. Okay. And let's tie in what we've been talking about as far as understanding the customer and understanding who we're we're talking to in order to not only expedite the process, but also to ensure that we are meeting the requirements that that client is expecting of us or that prospect wants to know. So the first question I have for you uh, basically is I'd just like you to give us a brief history of Codebreaker technology and how the bank system came into play. So Sherry Tree is the founder and creator of the program. And when she was in sales, she realized she had done all these various personality profiles that told her about who she was. But nothing told her who her customer with was that she was engaged with and how they made a decision. Even if she could get them to take assessments, they took so long that it was like, you don't sit down with somebody in a sales conversation and say, excuse me, will you take this 30 minute assessment and let me send it off. So she's like, I got to come up with my own idea. So she reverse engineered what we call bank, B-A-N-K, the methodology that in 2016 was scientifically validated to say it takes and assesses the value base of the buy-in of any customer. I don't call it as sales tool per se, because really when you start to think about it, your value base sales is any conversation, any attempt to influence. So you might be influencing in a meeting somebody to understand the values of a program. And in that you speak from what we say are all four languages. Right. Blueprint being very much the tradition, the process base, eliminating risk, action. How do we make it happen fast? How do we be shining stars when we produce a bottom line that is extraordinary nurturing how do we take care of the community that we're serving and do it from a heart-based authentic place and knowledge where do we have the brilliance to create that whole new concept from a to z and know that we've done our research and development we vetted the issues we leave no holes in the process when you start to understand as a business you may speak from one of those more strongly. And you see behind my name, if you're watching this on Zoom, that mine leads with the nurturing side and the action, and I put the knowledge behind it. A lot, a lot of people figured if I was drawing a blueprint, I must be very process-driven and plan-driven. They didn't understand that I did it to serve a community, to serve a product and process before I worried about the details. Right. I was willing to take the risk 
and I was willing to put the research and knowledge into understanding what it took. And then I'd worry about the process and the plan to get there. Well, yeah, so, and you don't have to in the sales process, in the sales portion of your interaction, you don't have to worry about the process so much. You know, your number one concern is connection. You know, nurturing and action are the two personalities that automatically look at that emotion first. Right. Knowledge and blueprint look at the risk and the totality of the the all the information. They're really learning and they can, you know, they can look at a problem and go, I can figure out how to do that. And they figured that is being caring about people. They solved that problem. They created yeah. that solution. They, it is less about them. And when you can get both of those, the emotional side and the knowledge side to understand each other better, all yeah. of a sudden you have a respectful team, you have a sale of a product, you have a have an idea bought off on. And you know all those meetings where you've sat and watched people argue about something that you're going, I think they're missing the point that their concepts are really close together, but one's looking at it from the emotional contribution and the other's looking at it from the detailed aspects. Right. And so they can't hear the other person because they can't see those different value points. And that's what that's I true. love. This helps yeah. to unlock those value points and make it easier for you to go, oh, wait a minute. They're looking at it from a different perspective than me. Yeah. I can switch my perspective to connect with them faster yeah. than I can ask them to switch to mine. Yeah. And it's true. You know, if you've got a type A personality or say an engineer or something like that, yeah. you know, and you're trying to communicate them in an emotional or, or, or uh, a um, yellow, what is that? Nurturing. Nurturing. Uh, you know, they're not going to buy into that. Okay. They're going to tune out immediately. You know, and they just, well, you know what's funny action. is you say action personality, and to me that action is an emotional one from our standpoint. Yeah. But some people think of A as a more of that driver, do it my way, which yeah. to me is, is more the blueprint. I've vetted this as my process works, my plan works, don't deviate. I know this is how we need to do it. They're right. in no way looking at the emotion of how somebody else engages their brain. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You know, I, I started with the, the bank system, you know, with the cards, the, the four yeah. different colored cards. Yeah. And you know what I found? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what I found is every time I went in and spoke with a prospect or a client, I would have those cards and I would pull them out and it would immediately start building that rapport that Absolutely. we could, and, and it opened their eyes to certain oh, things, so fast. you know, oh, so, so fast. Yeah, it's it's really and it is. It's like ninety seconds, and you get to know that person, you know, while you're doing this, you know, on top of just making it fun, you know. Well, so and now with the artificial intelligence that's been created based on this system, and and that was launched in 2019, and Sherry was actually asked to speak at the UN's AI for Good because of the emotional intelligence that this program holds mm -hmm. it is not just the pure data it also brings in that uh eq side of things what's great is with the ai link that we have for linkedin it's a chrome extension 
And right. so you're maybe going to talk to somebody that you have never had a chance to actually have a conversation with. That's true. You can find out if their profile is more strongly directed to one of the codes. Yeah. Or if it is a fairly balanced nature there. And that gives you some clues on how to begin a conversation. No, that's and, exactly it. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're getting you're getting ahead of me on the question. I'm sorry. You know, I get you I get, get so excited and I want to okay. go. <laughs> so how do you see the bank system benefiting individuals and organizations in terms of improving their communication and building rapport? Well, first it allows you to see who you are. And then it we jokingly say you can't unlearn this you start to see it in everybody around you. And as you're standing there, and like you said, if you've got the four cards in front of you, somebody starts talking and you go, oh, wait a minute. I see they're talking about values that are blueprint. They're talking about structure and stability. They're talking about minimizing risk. Or you see them going, wait a minute, I need to be the rock star in the room. Didn't you realize the party started when I show up? Yeah. And you start to see that those people need to be treated in a way that responds to who they are that platinum rule don't treat them like i want to be treated treat them like they want to be treated well it's and a lot that like... makes any business yep. conversation any interaction in a team much more of a uh balanced base that that you can move forward faster right and it's a lot like the book um the five love languages when you okay. think about it you know for any of our listeners who has, who has read that book, you know, in, in a relationship, we come at this relationship a lot of times in the way that we feel as though would make the other person I'm happy. happy. And yeah. that's not the case. Okay. And so yeah. many times we get caught up in our assumptions. Yes. You know, and that's what we're trying to avoid here is making assumptions on who we're talking to. And like you said, I love what you said about, you know, the fact that you can unlearn it. And once you get so ingrained in it, you immediately start recognizing it in people. The other thing I love is the company does a great job of expanding the learning all the time. We started producing these products they call a bank box. And with those internally on our vault system, you actually get a, a, a new packet of information added to a specific direction. So a few months back, they did one on the love languages and they took the, the gifts in the love language and then they broke them apart based on what would a gift for an action be that's different than a gift for a blueprint. And you start to go, oh, wait a minute, not all the gifts are the same. You know, if somebody is focused on learning and you give them a ticket to go to an adventure park, they're looking at you like, I don't do that stuff. I'd rather be given a ticket to a conference I want to attend or a great book I want to read or a training in a se seminar I want to go to where somebody else might go, oh, cool, discount tickets to this thing that I would, you know, wouldn't have bought for myself, but an event or something that was a more traditional endeavor or just time with you because they want to get to know you as a nurturing and and you put them together in, the, in some sort of a gathering and party you you start to yeah. go oh wait a minute i need to look at this again from their point of view not mine well and that's where you could use bank along with the five love language languages yeah. to 
you know, really hone in. I love that. I would, I love to see the research on that. It's very fun. And I bet. And then another one about how you network or even how you lead in business and how you manage people. You know, how do you like to be managed versus how do you manage? And when you start to understand each of those from the the personality type, you you really start to go, oh, no wonder so-and-so was upset when I told them this in this manner. I wasn't addressing what's important to them. And uh, it's simple language. It's not complicated. And that is the other piece that I just adore about it. Yes. No, definitely. Definitely. So um, what role does understanding personality types play in effective communication? Now, we've been talking about this along the way, okay? But when we start getting into a teaming environment internally, okay, uh, to the organization, how does the bank system help you contribute to this understanding? Sometimes you look at it and you can hear people say, well, I just want people around me that are like me. And what they are missing is the fact that sometimes they need that outside yeah. perspective. You know, they need somebody who can challenge them, but challenge them in a way that makes them feel that they are respecting who they are. And that's where I see it helps you to create that respect when you're sharing information or knowledge that you know may not land right the first time. You know, you're bringing up that there's a problem on something that somebody has really thought they've already completely thought through the whole process of how you're going to deliver something. And you point out something to them, you can really irritate them because you're calling them wrong. However, if you present it more as a, have you thought about and give them an option to explore something that for, let's say the knowledge side is great. You start to understand how to frame up what you present in a way that allows them to feel you're respecting their different viewpoint mm-hmm. and a way to bring together the solutions that will help you to work together. It also means that when you're sitting in a team meeting, somebody who maybe normally would um, just run with it because that's what their typical style is, they start to understand, wait a minute, I have to step into the other part of myself if I was the blueprint sitting in the corner talking about and thinking about the risk that we're facing, how did I present it so that they feel that they can speak up and their different point of view can be heard and respected? It really starts to create that level of equanimity in the understanding that each personality has a powerful superpower in a sense that they can contribute instead of looking at it as they're not like me. They don't get me. Right, right. Now, you know, and that brings up an interesting story for me um, back when I worked within the architectural engineering construction market towards the end um, in, in the contracting side, the construction side. Um, I was in a position that we were getting, we were heavily into the recession that was going on back in 2006 mm-hmm. to 2000, what, 14, whatever. And we were heavily into that recession. Several of them. We've had a few. (laughs) Yeah. So, but anyway, this is the one that really hit the construction market heavy, the design and construction, because the banks had no money to lend everything. Okay. And the government was pulling back. But what happened was I was in a position and 
I was overloaded because I had, I'd seen this coming down the, the road, you know, instead of responding to, you know, um, a proposal, maybe two or three proposals a month. All right. All of a sudden I'm having to respond to 20 something a month. And, um, I, you know, and I kept telling them guys, I'm not going to take responsibility for mistakes when I'm having to push these things out so far. And, you know, all they did was they added somebody else to do oversight on it, you know, that type deal. And that didn't work because mistakes were still getting through. And I was talking to my husband and I said, look, I said, you know, I'm putting in 60 hours a week here, 60, 70 hours a week on this stuff to stay on top of it. And I says, they're just not hearing me. And he says, that's because you're not speaking their language. Exactly. He says, you need, you need to put together a full PowerPoint presentation showing the number of hours that you're putting in, what's happening, you know, all this other stuff. And I did that <laughs> and went back in and they received it positively, <laughs> but then they went ahead and got rid of my assistant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because sometimes they look at the information that you are so sure you have presented to them yeah. with all that they need. And instead, because they're coming at it from a different perspective, they miss that point. It's also why it's important to have a team that really has enough of all the different personalities in it. Right. To be and and to be safe in talking about those different perspectives so that when a decision is made, sometimes something is going to get pushed aside because for whatever reasons something else has to be the governing factor right and it's right. not always the one we hope it is however yeah. we need to be able to understand why it is in that moment right and being able to explain it to a group that it minimized risk but it helped us get to a long-term down point we are still together as a community and we researched everything we could mm -hmm. can sometimes then make everybody feel like oh my point of view got addressed may not be the result I want, but at least my point of view got addressed. And it's okay for me to point out what those problems are along the way. Right. So that we can avoid having that happen in the, in the next right. thing. I know coming out of uh, what had been a downturn between like 08, 9, and 10, it was late 2012, somebody reached out to me and asked me if I would come in and consult with them because they had a large team that was taking on a rollout. And what had I done back in the 90s? I had done all the rollouts of Macy's private labels. I had done private label shops in Bloomingdale's. So they knew I had that expertise for doing multiple projects, you know, 500 projects at a, over a year, all needing to be put in 50 to 60 locations across the country. So they knew I had that kind of a mindset to be able to address that. They had a team and the leaders of it really had never had to address anything on that scale and that much of a fractured piece that was ramping up very quickly, still had lots of changes coming in. And I came in and I brought in another friend that I knew had similar experiences I did so that she and I could team together to, to help this group get things done. Cause I knew I didn't have the bandwidth to do it all myself. Right. What right. was great is the company was within a matter of weeks going, I can't believe the difference it's made for that team to have you two doing this. And I said, well, one, they see we do not take every change that is 
thrown at us as the sky is falling. And if you have no experience, that's sometimes the only way you can look at it. We could look at it and go, okay, well, that aspect changed. Who's going to look at this part? Who can, you know, I could ask somebody who was really technically driven to go find the research on it. I could ask somebody else to lay out the, the checklist for us. You could segment your team to maximize what their skills were with yeah. their process for doing things. And it's so simplified how we could make it happen. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean you got rid of the problems, but you were able to address them without adding that friction of chaos to it. There was enough chaos coming at us. We didn't need to create our own. Well, you get those answers that are needed to be able to make those critical decisions. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have those answers, you can't make a decision, not right. an informed decision, you know? So yeah, it's um, definitely, like I said, I've used this for many years and I've done the Myers-Briggs. I've done them all, you know, as far as that's concerned, but this is the one that I have fun with because I can, and, and I can't get into my bank system right now. So I can't remember what my um, strengths are, but if I'm not mistaken, I'm a yellow first. Yes. Okay. And then I am a red. I think so. I, and, you know, I got to apologize. I didn't look you up at the moment, but I can quickly get in here and do that. But I think yeah, I'm, I think I am yellow, then red, then blue, then green. Yes, I think you and I have the same first two. But part of the reason that you are so great at helping businesses to put strategy together is that risk piece you help them to avoid that because that is your stress code, your third one. Right. Whereas and I don't for me, like I'm like running yeah. with scissors and searching out the information and I'll get to the process later. Yeah. I so, don't like being caught behind the eight ball. And I know that as a small business owner, if you don't have a plan in place, when those hurdles come at you, that's how you end up running around with the scissors, you know, and, and as I say, you're suffering OPA overwhelm yeah. paralysis and avoidance yeah you know and we want to be able to avoid that because that stress is not healthy no it's not healthy it's not at healthy all. so you know definitely and and i like working with these early stage business owners and here's what's funny as uh -huh. much as you and i know you are high action when you cracked your code you actually put action last you put when I originally did knowledge blueprint and action last because I always, as a strategist, I thought yeah. that was my strength, but that was a fill in to what I do easier. And I'm sure if I did your code on the the twenty questions, you're probably yeah. closely divergent. You can flip between the four of them yeah. real, real easy. I think two of them were right on even, almost yeah. identical. Whereas yeah. for me, that fourth one, it's like I took that card and threw it away because I to make sure the other three are so finely developed before I worry about some of this stuff on that last one. And well, it's not that I don't, I, it's like yeah. I understand and respect it because of what I had to do when I was in a corporate environment. I had to meet budget. Exactly. I had to meet timeline. And I'm, I'm, good at doing it when I understand the reason why. And for me, the reason was serving the community 
and the project that I was doing and having fun doing it. Yes. You know, I was really blessed to, at a very early age, be thrown into a position of, um, you know, I before I was 30, I was handed the job of being the director of store planning for a department store. And by the time I'm 31, I'm opening two $20 million stores on the same day. Yeah. That's one yeah. of those things that doesn't really happen. And what's weird about it is I also am somebody who, when I got out of college, the recession was going on in the 70s and I couldn't get a job in the industry I wanted in interior architecture. And I had to go back and ask somebody if they would hire me again for a job that they had offered me and I had turned down and knew they yeah. had hired somebody else, but you- That's you because decided, they knew you. They knew me and I had been a credible resource for them. Uh, and I ended up working for them for three years before this other opportunity showed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. why your first question made me say, you really wanna take, take those things that show up for you. That may not be what you thought you wanted, but man, you learn a lot along the way. Yes. And those yes. skills you learn will serve you well. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and one of the things I did get out of everything that I've done with bank is the fact like we were just discussing, you know, as far as mine, you know, in my mind, I see myself as this blueprint because I'm very strategic and, and this, this knowledge because I, I have all kinds of knowledge, but ultimately my, my um, high point, what I get the most satisfaction out of is the yellow and the red. You're taking care of your, your people yeah. and seeing that they have success. And that's what gives you a sense of success. That's what brings the passion to the table. Yeah. What it does. Absolutely. So, okay. Next, are yeah. there any limitations or challenges associated with using the bank system? And how would you overcome them? To me, it is the fact that somebody will say you're nurturing first or whatever, and they put you in a box. Here's the yeah. thing. We talk about the fact that we dance with our code. We may know that by nature, we have an order, but just like you and I were talking, your action shows up forward a lot of times, way more so than what somebody would think if they just looked at your code. Yeah. What you really have to talk about the fact of how do they use it? How do they understand it? Are they willing to motivate themselves to use that portion of their code, even if it isn't their strongest? And that becomes a powerful part of working with it effectively. Yeah. Some people get that first code and then they, you know, pound it as if that is all there is to somebody right. the other aspects are so powerful and right. how they can negotiate through them becomes the big factor plus to me i never look at it as this replaces the other assessments or other tools we have in life people's personal experience is always going to affect how they look at this so i jokingly say and not really jokingly but i always say it is a a four code system that has 24 combinations on an infinite spectrum. Because really each one of us is gonna take what is our code and, and layer it with what we've experienced, layer it with what we've been educated to do and, and layered with what some of our dreams and hopes are and how it all comes together. So right. it, it, for me, becomes that asset that 
if somebody's using, be it strength finders, Myers-Briggs, DISC, those things aren't something you throw out because you've been introduced yeah. to banks. What you do is you layer the bank system in and it's like it unlocks the key to make it work faster and better because right. it's that decision process of how they use those tools. And I'll give you a quick example. If you look at me in strength finders, mm -hmm. I'm learner first. So you would think I must be knowledge-based. But right. what it's talking about is I learn in order to serve my community when you see it through the bank process. Right. And in, in, uh, somebody did a, a disc assessment of me and they said, well, you're you're this right here in the middle. Your strengths are, are almost more to the uh, detail and, and steady and, and yet you're also a people person. So they don't see me as having much drive but they don't understand that I can be pretty pushy when, <laughs> when I know that it's serving a community and a, that I've got the information behind me. And in Myers-Briggs, I'm, I'm an introvert, introvert first. And people are like, you're introverted. You're out there marketing. You're out there networking. You stand on stage. And I'm like, I'd rather stand on stage and speak to thousands about something I know a lot about. And I have to walk in and say hi in a environment where I know no one. Yeah. I'm great on one-to-one -one when I get to know one. Me each too. Person. But just walking up to strangers to start a random conversation, not my thing. Yeah. And so part of what becomes obvious to me from the bank is that I don't like to have to be showy, but I do like to be in community. Yeah. And when yeah. you start to understand those aspects to wrap around all the others, it's like, oh, no wonder this is who I am. Well, and, and then the other thing is, is I know you have a test now that you take to find out what your bank code is, you know, and stuff like that. But when I originally question, still only takes five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And but what I remember when I first started going through this, the reason why action probably came in last, you know, and stuff like that. Is because as a strategist, I don't like implementing anything. And to me, action represented implementation. Okay. I'm more of a mind, um, what do you call those? Knowledge. People? Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't remember the name now. But I, anyway, I'm one that likes to come up with the big ideas and, yeah. and, and use those ideas to start putting a plan together. Yeah. The knowledge. Okay. But still, the knowledge is still one of my last two, all right? So it's the way that we interpret when it's knowledge or when it's action. In our mind, what do we interpret? And it's got the little descriptions on the back that helps you, you know, considerably. Yeah. But, and, um, you know, when yeah. we give everybody a 22-page report about them, and then as a subscriber, get a report that says this is the best way to communicate with them in respect of those values in that order. It really starts to have you look at it and go, oh, now I see why right. I like this from somebody. I don't like this from somebody. Right. And I, before I was uh, talking with you, I had a conversation with somebody who had cracked her code a long time ago. She's now starting a new business and she was telling me, what she thought would work about something and why it needed to be some direction. And I said, all right, let's think about it. You're 
first code is action. Wasn't everything there about how you liked it? And she just started cracking up. And I said, not everybody likes what you like. And she goes, yeah. oh, you just caught me again. You know, <laughs> and, and it was as simple as being able to point out to her. It wasn't that she was wrong. It was that she was in her perspective in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's that's true. So um, we you touched on this in the beginning and you kind of got away from me on my questions. But how can you talk a little bit about how Codebreaker has taken advantage of the newest AI technology and added value to the bank personality system? It is amazing because I, like you, started when it was just the cards. And I got a recording that was seven hours of Sherry talking about what each of the codes were and how to use them. And then right. you had to go to live training and that was frequently months apart. Then they got it all set up online so that there's online courses we could do and use while still being able to use that as backup to live trainings. In 2019, the AI came out and what it allowed us to do at that point is to put in a written script or even I could sit with somebody in a conference room, put the AI up and say, just tell me a little bit about your business. I could record that and it would crack the code of how they describe their business to me. Wow. Wow. What fun that was. That wow. was all the fall of 2019. So we were really excited to have that opportunity, but it gave you the first code. It didn't give you the whole code. Right. And then they, uh, Start, so I could take somebody's website and plug it in. I could take an email and plug it in. So you could see at times when they were speaking from a different code because of a stress or because the product was more knowledge-based maybe, or the product was really about solving a problem. And so it maybe was like, get this done fast. But the person wasn't that way. You right. then had the opportunity to use those tools differently. Then they came out with the Chrome extension and that allowed us to uh, track from the LinkedIn, as I said, how, how somebody presents themselves there becomes an interesting conversation about, is that more written to who you want as a customer? Is that more written to who you think is hiring and what you think they are looking for? Because a lot of times people first got on LinkedIn looking for a job. So they may have written it about themselves, not from who they are here or here, but who they thought skills somebody based. wanted them to be. Yeah, skills-based. More skills-based, yes. yes. And, yeah. and in other cases, it's a perfect match to them. And I, I've got one guy who's action, but his profile speaks more blueprint because he knew the customer he was speaking to was looking to minimize risk and how his services helped them to do that. Wow. And I'm like, great, you've done, you know, you you know who your customer is and you know what they're looking for. And that helped him to do that. Right. Now, now we'll we'll tell you if you've matched the top two. Because although it's not necessarily tracking and saving your stuff, what it's doing is looking for the keys that relate to that. So we are up to cracking two two codes and we have the ability to then uh hit another button plug in a response and see if we match what was written in terms of a code. And I love when I get to sample it and show somebody it, a simple word can show, show up as a code. And right. you start to understand when you're writing in a response to somebody that you can change one word and help them to feel seen and heard in a way 
that another word didn't do. Right. Uh, I had a client who was uh, working with teams in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 case small business program and, and a pair were supposed to have teamed up together. She was a blueprint. Her partner was an action. And instead of her reaching out to the action person to say what she needed, she came to the, the gal that was managing the program and expecting her to tell this other person they were wrong. And the, the person leading the program was a knowledge. And she says, I just want to say, get over it and do your thing. And I said, yes, but you're speaking to her blueprint. <laughs> and she goes, yes, you're right. I need to rewrite this. Yes. And, yes. And talk yes. about the fact that for her to minimize her risk, she was going to have to speak to the fact that the other person was likely going to fly by the seat of their pants. And she recognized they wanted more freedom than she was willing to give. But how could they address her needs? And well, she was like, thank you. But I, yeah. she, my, my initial response would have had them all three pissed, you know, had them yeah. all pissed at each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, nowadays with what's happening um, uh, with the economy and business and stuff like that, and we're dealing internationally to get things done quite a bit. Yeah. And, um, and uh, basically uh, we were having, a, I was having a conversation with one of my clients yesterday and she was uh, very, upset because she couldn't get her virtual people to understand what she wants, no matter how much she explained it to them and stuff like that. And uh, she says, I just want them to be able to think and think about, you know, what, you know, what do I need based on the information I'm given? And I told her, I said, look, I said, first, you need to understand these people are not paid to think. Right. They're paid to do. They're your doers. You've got to go in with exactly what you want. And they are going to sit there and they're going to checklist. And they're going to make sure they're giving you what you want. But if you're looking at them to think and to rationalize why things are being done this way, you're not going to get that. And we as business owners need to understand if we're going to be dealing internationally with virtual assistants and, and things like that, we've got to understand their limitations. Otherwise, that's why we're getting the better prices off offshore. Right. And and it's not even sometimes their limitation, but their training of what is expected. Yeah, exactly. And that they have never been given permission to think. Yeah. And and they have only been put down or pushed aside because they stepped outside the boundaries. Right. And sometimes it is less about that individual's parameters and it may be culturally or business wise what they have experienced in the past and a lot of really aggressive business owners are looking at the fact that they can think why can't everybody else yeah yeah and and i gotta it's tell exactly you to me, yeah uh, you know when i was even in the department stores and and such people would say, how come you can talk to these people? And I'm like, I don't know. I've always intuitively been able to figure this out. Maybe not rapidly, but in some way. Yeah. And yeah. I said, and I can't explain to you what, what process I use. I just could. Yeah. But then I was introduced to bank and it was like, oh, somebody has unlocked my brain. Now I have words to do yeah. what I was doing. What was more natural for me was so unnatural for them. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's and, really why this tool has been right. such a beautiful thing. 
right. That's exactly it. Well, you know, it's it's amazing is what it is. So, so we're coming up on the end of another Charged Up Studio episode. Thank you, Susan, for joining us today and shedding light on the magic by narrowing in on the action triggers with clients and prospects. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. I always enjoy my conversations with you and always know we could talk for hours about oh, yeah. and other business aspects of how things can really be uh, set afire to make them wonderful. No, definitely. And for my audience, uh, just so that you know, I am going to be bringing in the bank code system uh, into Marketatomy as um, an offering to my clients. So if you're looking at wanting to participate in bank code, reach out to me at marketatomy.com. And Susan, how can our audience members find out more about the bank system and code breaker? Uh, I The best is to reach out to you or reach out to me at susan at skyounger.com. And I'll be happy to answer questions and include you. Please just let me know that you're coming to me through Dana Olivia and any of the programs that she is working on with you, because I really want to make sure that when we talk about it, we talk about it in relation to how she is helping you to achieve yeah. the goals you are setting forth. So yeah. but I'm happy to consult with you on any of those. Absolutely. And will, will they be able to go through a self-assessment during that? Yes. Okay, yes. great. So we'll they'll be, be able, able to, to find out that. what their code is. Yep. Okay. We'll get their code assessed and we'll be able to talk with them about what their specific profile is, how you see it from your standpoint, how they see it from theirs, and if they're interested in exploring it, how they can do so the same. Excellent. Yeah. And how can um, our listeners reach you? You said you gave your website, but how about LinkedIn? LinkedIn, Susan K. Younger. And I have the business page for Susan K. Younger, Relationship Architect, and just me at Susan K. Younger. Excellent. That little initial is, is an easy way for people to set me apart from any other Susans. Susan Younger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms that you're listening to us on, or go to our Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is the product of Marketatomy and Marketatomy Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically for the micro-business owner. For more information and to register for some of our many courses offered, go to Marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot academy. That's Marketatomy dot academy. And until next week, Go out and have a charged up week. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon 
by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live, and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.